0: Blob Talk Radio This is cow? Coward, you got manning up the fuck with me i never said nothing to that. Take out, we're all firemen What's up, everybody? Uh, this is episode 23 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Scott Jarvis, and with me this week is my co-host is Michael Shepard. How are you doing today, Mike?
1: Good. I'm glad to be back after missing last week.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely good to be back. Uh, just for those of you wondering uh, where Victor Atkinson is at, uh, he's actually... Very under the weather today, from what I understand. So uh, we talked earlier today, and uh, he decided that it would be best for his health uh, to sit this week out. So for today, uh, it'll just be Michael and I covering uh, the action. So let's jump right into it. Um, there was some uh, some big action last night, Michael. Um, and I want to start uh, by talking about uh, the Adonis-Stevenson versus Badu-Jack fight, which was a 12-rounder for uh, Stevenson's WBC light heavyweight title. Um Now, in that fight, uh, Adonis Stevenson survives a late surging Badoo Jack uh, and ends up retaining his WBC title uh, via majority draw. Uh, Now, Michael, what did you make of the fight itself and uh, the performance of both guys involved?
1: As you said, uh, I thought both men had stretches of success each. I thought um, Stevenson started started the brighter with Jack having to uh, administer some punishment earlier on, and then Jack kind of Came to life in and around, I'd say, the seventh round. Kind of showed his resolve and his courage mm-hmm. by riding out Adonis's early storm. Um, I didn't know whether Jack was trying to just trying to try and tire him out, being the younger guy, trying to tire Stevenson out, because as we all know, he doesn't really fight too often. So, sure. Uh, but then I thought Jack, kind of at the end, the eleventh, twelfth round, Stevenson kind of took over again. But. He just didn't really seem to have the power to try and get Jack out of there. Um and then obviously the scorecards were pretty close. i said the scorecards were as it as it should have been. I, I myself I had it about fifteen, thirteen to Stevenson, so you can mm-hmm. see, you know, a couple of the rounds could go either way.
0: Sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. I thought uh I was actually uh, um just to remind our listeners, uh I had predicted that Stevenson would put, uh, Badu Jack to sleep somewhere around round four. Um, and I thought that might happen, uh, from the start of the fight uh, up until about round four or five, because uh, like you said, Jack, you know, he had stretches of success, but his, his stretches came late in, in the first six rounds, which I scored for, uh, Adonis Stevenson. Um, Jack just kind of, didn't do much of anything and I think that's being a little bit generous um, and, and and that's not to say Stevenson did a whole lot either um, he just did a little bit more work than Jack um, but I thought I thought from the opening bell Jack looked like he was in there to survive Michael and I thought rather than win and I, I kind of it kind of looked like uh, Adonis Stevenson answered that opening bell as an old man you know he, he, he entered this fight old and you know I think the inactivity. Uh, because it had been over a year since Stevenson last stepped into the ring, and you know he hasn't he hasn't ever pushed himself since defeating Chad Dawson. So I mean, he has that inactivity, and he's kind of been on autopilot for five years, and now he's almost forty-one years old. So you know, uh, it was uh, I, the first the first half of the fight was I, I I thought was really disappointing. I thought the first round was complete shit, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But as 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 the fight as the second half of the fight, you know uh took hold and and got underway um it got really interesting just because stevenson is clearly shot and badu jack being the younger man you know was landing some shots and they weren't they weren't the most hellacious shots i think either one of us have ever seen but uh you know i'm sure you saw the same thing i did every time jack touched stevenson anywhere on that body or that head um stevenson didn't react like like a guy who had a lot left in the tank would you not agree
1: yeah, I agree. I thought the start of the fight was uh, particularly poor. You could see early on that Jack knew that um, Stevenson had that that one punch power, and was giving mm-hmm. him a lot of respect, and uh, was just trying to keep. Because obviously uh, Stevenson had the longer reach, so he was trying to keep out of out of sight the whole time. And the first few rounds were kind of uh, hard to watch, as you just said.
0: Right. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because I, like I said, I thought bad uh, badu. Jack was in there to survive from the opening bell until, you know, he answered the bell for the seventh round. But uh, Stevenson just looked, I I was more, I I was more curious about Stevenson in this fight because, or my attention rather was on him more than it was Jack because uh, he was, I mean, it was clear, like I said, that he was, he was looking a bit old and and shop worn, but he was really kind of sloppy. He pushed his punches a lot. Um, He definitely didn't have that bounce in his legs or in his feet. Uh, that's long gone. And, and when he did connect, it didn't seem like he was ever really connecting with, with the power that he usually connects with. So, um, you know, kind of watching this fight and even thinking, you know, what comes next for these guys or specifically Adonis Stevenson, I've got to wonder how much is really left in, in, in the tank of, 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 uh, Superman Stevenson, Michael. Uh, I mean, we kind of talked just before we went on the air and, um, neither one of you or, or neither one of us rather are, are you know super excited about a, a, a potential rematch here uh but if they run it back mike what do you who do you think wins and uh and why
1: well, i would say badu jack hopefully now that he's been in there with him once that, uh if he fight again he'd have a better knowledge and a better understanding and Sure. So what you I mean in, in, in those middle rounds, he looked a lot better, but I still think he was giving Do- Donny Stevenson too much respect because of that one punch power. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only problem is, is you know, the fight's going to have to be in Canada due to uh, Stevenson's past. He doesn't ever seem oh, to yeah. be able to get a, to get a visa anywhere else. Um, <laughs> right. But I think the first time that he comes up against an actual challenger that's going to take it to him with his age now, I think Stevenson will come unstuck. You know. He's never yeah. fought and I don't see him fighting anyone like a Bivol. I think he's
0: paid.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's paid yeah, off Alvarez twice now or something like
0: that. Yeah, I, I think at least two or three times with Alvarez. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just, yeah, Stevenson's career has been kind of a, uh, I don't even know, I don't even know what the word word or, or a good word for it would be to sum it up. It's just, I guess, disappointing. Um you know, when he, when he knocked out Chad Dawson, I had, I was already familiar with Adonis Stevenson. Um, i had seen him fight online and and whatnot and and on TV a few times. Um, but that made me a fan of, of him, at least in terms of, you know, not the fighter, not the man himself, but I thought, man, this guy's, this guy's got movement. This guy's got speed. And this guy can crack with both hands, especially the left. And, and then, you know, he just did nothing with it for five years. And, when he does get into the ring, it's been against limited opposition um now that said michael um what what do you think of of Badu Jack as a fighter uh in terms of quality and, and like where his ceiling's at?
1: um I think he might have reached his ceiling. he seems to be like we were kind of talking before we came on there was he can't seem to close the fight out. he always seems to mm-hmm. be in quite quite close. Uh, quite close fights, like the George Groves fight. Obviously, the uh, the one the other uh, last night. Um, uh, trying to think, who else with his other, other drawers against? It's someone a few years back in Vegas. Um, he seems to to go to points a lot. I think that maybe he's a bit limited, and maybe we've kind of overrated him due to his his fight with George Groves, and then his sure. early uh, demolition of Cleverly. But Cleverly was kind of shot at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess but I, I we'll
1: Uh huh. I was gonna say I, I think he's reached it. I don't think he's gonna go anywhere else from there. I, he may pick up a title against maybe Stevenson if they run it back again, but Stevenson's like forty-one years old, and I think he's over the hill <laughs> now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I asked that question because. Um, and you kind of nailed it when you said we 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 you know the boxing public and maybe even the media at large has has overrated Jack just a bit, or even maybe a little bit more than that because of his his fight with George Groves. Um, I think a lot of people have forgotten that you know Badoo Jack kind of arrived on the scene with this this hype behind him, like every fighter does. But the, you know it was this hey this guy's the next the next big deal and at 168 you know which is where he you know where he was at when when his career, his professional career began, but, um, you know, he's always failed to live up to expectations or he's always just come up short or shy of either closing a fight, like you said, or, you know, winning on the scar winning on the cards, excuse me. Um, and I know last night, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people on Twitter and even, uh, on the broadcast that I was watching were, you know, uh, were are were, were talking like, Oh, if Badu Jack would have just started earlier or would have had a little bit more power or, you know, wouldn't have shown Stevenson so much respect, you know, he would have walked away. And I, I gotta, I gotta agree with that, but I don't, but at the same time, Michael, I don't think that's Badu Jack and you know, he's not the guy with, with that power. He's, he's not that guy that has a, has a fifth gear, you know what I mean? Or even a, a, you know, a plan B, he just kind of shows up, he does his job well, but he doesn't do it exceedingly well. And I think it says a lot about Badu Jack and, and, the level he's at, or, or you know, may not ever surpass. Um, in that he had a forty-year-old inactive, you know, uh, fighter in front of him last night who was basically shot, and he he couldn't close the show. You know, um, it's it's it's. I think if they do run it back, I agree with you. I would I would slightly favor Jack just because he's the younger man. Uh, but again, Jack isn't isn't a young a young fighter either. He's I think he's almost thirty-five years old. So you know he's up there too in in terms of you know um age for athletes especially boxers but uh yeah i don't know i don't know man i think that uh, jack is i i think the jack we saw last night is the jack we've seen you know how many times before where he's just kind of there does his thing and goes home whether he wins or loses it's never it's never great it's never terrible just kind of exists or is you know um but with that said, uh, are you terribly interested in a in a Stevenson Jack rematch, Michael, or would you rather see those guys move on?
1: I'd rather see them move on. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we need to see it again. I thought it with the first, like we said, the first few rounds were hard to watch. Yeah. Um, um, so I don't think anyone's going to be calling for it. Maybe Stevenson because it's another payday for him. Um, sure. But I don't see the fans wanting it.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, I would. I'll watch it obviously because. There's always a chance Stevenson gets knocked out because he's so ripe for the picking. But, uh, you know, outside of that, I'd rather see both guys move on. But I have to ask myself and you as well, Michael, if 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 they don't fight one another again or next. I mean, realistically, who does who does either either guy fight? Because, I mean, at the top of the division, you've obviously got Kovalev, um, who's still got, you know, quite a bit left in the tank. Uh, you've got Ardor Beterbiev and uh, obviously Dmitry Bevel and even Sol- uh, Sullivan Barrera lurking around. And I think all four of those guys, uh, you know, probably spell a lot of trouble for both Stevenson and Jack. Would you not agree?
1: I, be- uh, I believe Stevenson's been told by uh, WBC he has to fight, um, I can't pronounce his name, the Ukrainian who trains out of Oxnard. Uh, oh, the nail? Go- yeah, Alexander Go- Govetkik, is it? Th- Govostik.
0: I call I I yeah. say it gavotte stick, <laughs> but yeah but yeah I nail. think you're
1: right. The nail we'll call him the nail.
0: Yeah, the nail I, yeah I, well given the WBC's history, especially with Stevenson of, you know letting him, you know kind of sidestep guys that might might pose a problem for him, uh, I can see them doing that again um i kind of feel like stevenson even though he probably knows he's going to get beat by jack in a rematch or is likely to be beat by jack in a rematch i stevenson's career has been nothing but safety first you know and, and the path of least resistance so it's hard for me to see a scenario where stevenson and jack don't fight again you know next when you know whether at the end of the year or sometime in the spring but uh i i don't see either jack or stevenson being too much of a problem for you know any of the guys we mentioned, including the nail. Um, but I guess that's just one of those things, like like always in boxing, we have to kind of sit around and wait and see. Um, now, before we move on to the uh, the uh, Russell Diaz fight, Michael, did you have anything else to add? Or, or was there anything you wanted to talk about regarding Stevenson or, or Badu Jack? Um, only just
1: one thing that just came into my mind was Badu Jack uh-huh. kind of reminds me of James DeGale in the way that yeah. they'll have flashes of brilliance and you think this guy's really technical but he just can't seem hey. to get people over there or just close the fight out that was the only thing that came to mind
0: no that's a, that's a really good comparison that's that's very fair as well uh i i would agree with that wholeheartedly uh now with that said let's move on uh over on showtime oh there's some noise outside uh over on showtime last night uh it was a split-site doubleheader. Uh, and the other fight we're going to talk about now was uh, Gary Russell Jr. versus uh, Joseph Jojo Diaz Jr. Uh, and that was a 12-rounder for Russell's WBC featherweight title. Uh, now, in that fight, uh, Gary Russell ended up out-hustling and outpointing Jojo Diaz over 12 rounds uh, to win a decision. Um, and in doing so, Russell retains his WBC featherweight title. Um, now, I thought, Michael, that uh, Jojo Diaz came out Surprisingly strong and aggressive, uh, and he came out digging to the body of Russell, uh, you know, in the first half of the fight. Uh, but, you know, he eventually, we saw that he eventually faded uh, and did very little in the second half. Uh, what did you make of the fight, and, and particularly um, Diaz's performance? Was that a letdown for you, or were you surprised in any way?
1: I thought it was a good fight. I, I, a lot of respect for Diaz for coming out. I thought he had a big heart, mm-hmm. and he gave it. Gave it a lot of um, a lot of effort going into it. You know, he kind of changed his style a bit, like you were just saying, with the big shots to the body, which was kind of a different style than we used to uh, to seeing for Jojo Diaz. I thought Gary Russell's hand speed pretty much made made the difference, in his high work rate. I believe he threw just under a thousand punches. I think it was 992 punches. He said at the end, uh, wow. which is a crazy amount. Yeah. Um, I thought Diaz had the kind of the right plan because I thought he did kind of, in the middle round, slow Russell down a bit. Whether that was just Russell taking a few rounds off, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. I thought he started, to, he could have, maybe he punched himself out, but he kind of slowed it down in the later rounds uh, and didn't pick it back up again until near the end when uh, Diaz, I think, knew that he had to go for the KO to try and get Russell out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of respect to both of them, and I'd like to see Gary Russell fight more often. now just
0: that was a great yeah. fight.
1: It was fun to, fun, fun to watch, and I'd definitely like to see those two go at it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, you know, I, I've made my proclivity for uh, for power punchers and knockout artists, you know, very well known both on Twitter and on, here on this show. Um, and I got I to gotta tell you, man, I, I enjoyed the fight quite a bit. Um, I was expecting a lot of rust uh, to be, you know, on Gary Russell uh, or on his game, and I, I wasn't sure... If JoJo Diaz was was going to be able to bring, uh, you know, enough game or, or a high level enough game to kind of counteract or out hustle, uh, Russell Jr. But, you know, in those in the first half of the fight, that body work, every time he landed on Gary Russell, uh, you know, you you could tell it it was it was you know he was he was putting points in the bank, uh, you know, and it looked like that uh, it looked like Diaz was that was the game plan was to. You know, either slow him down, you know, slow him down early, you know, so that pays dividends later in the fight or get him out of there later. Uh, But like you said, you know, Diaz slowed down in the second half of the fight. And I still, even today, after giving it a lot of thought, I still can't determine or or, or figure out whether Diaz slowed down just because he ran out of gas or if it was, you know, Gary's, you know, high work rate and movement. Uh, What do you think that was all about?
1: Yeah, that's what I, I, I found it hard to hard to decide as well. I think yeah. maybe just Gary Russell's consistent jab, like he kept throwing that out there. He, he just found it hard to work around the side of it to get it back into the body. I think Gary Russell obviously knew that if he just keeps throwing that jab out there with the with the reach advantage he had and the speed, it was hard for Diaz to get on the inside to get to, to start the body work get, um, to try and get him out of there because obviously he was so many yeah. so many points down on on the rounds. Um, yeah, but Gary Russell said that he knew that Diaz was uh, going to try and do that. He said he worked for that. He uh, conditioned himself, ready for the fight. Um, so I'd like to see I'd like to see Gary Russell back out again and fight the winner of Santa Cruz or Abner Mares later in the year if if he decides to fight again, or maybe that's just going to be it until 2019.
0: <laughs> right. Well, that was what I wanted to talk to you about next was. Was Gary Russell Jr.'s extreme inactivity? Um, I think you, you, me, and Victor had talked about it a couple of weeks ago, or maybe the the week before that on the on the air, uh, that he cited he fights once a year because uh, of, of uh, difficult business happening behind the scenes. But I I just, I don't I don't know what kind of business Gary Russell Jr. is involved in or or who's running his his career there. You know, aside, outside of himself, but. I mean, the guy's got tremendous talent, you know, he doesn't hit all that hard, but he's so sharp and he's so crisp with his punches and he's so damn fast. And he, I mean, he's very technical too. And, you know, it's, it's fun to watch him apply his craft. Um, And it certainly was last night, but you know, it's, it's a major bummer when I, when I look at someone like Gary Russell jr. And, and say, well, okay, well that was fun, you know, see you in 2019 or, you know, we don't know when next year, but at some point, and it's like, I think he's 29 years old now, and it's not too late to kind of, you know, make his mark or do something really special in the sport with the talent that he has. But, you know, if if there was ever a time to make that happen, the time is now. Um, I, I I agree with you, Michael. I, I'd love to see him in against you know the the guys at the top of the featherweight division. Um, but I think to get to that point or to get make those fights, uh, Gary's going to have to fight a little bit more frequently, probably for another year or two. Um, and I think he's got to look good like he did last night, um, in order to get, uh, you know, fights against Mares or, or Frampton or any of those guys, you know, at that weight class. Um, but again, that's another one where we've got to wait and see. Now, uh, I did want to ask you, Michael, what, what about, uh, Joseph Diaz? Because he made a pretty good account of himself, uh, despite fading in the second half of the fight. Um, do you, think, do you think Diaz is, uh, or Jojo Diaz is somebody who is going to be or, or maybe pick up a title uh, down the road and, and kind of just hang around the division for a while? Or where do you see him going from here?
1: I, I think he's, he's young enough to come back, and I think he's talented enough. I think he just – it was the wrong style for him that day. Guy Russell was just too quick. You know, you're not going to come up against many people as, as quick as that. I think uh, obviously there's enough belts around in boxing now, as we all know, that
0: uh, yeah. he should
1: be able to pick up some kind of world title. Um, he's still high up in the in the rankings, and uh, I mean, I'd like to see him. I'd love to see him fight Oscar Valdez come back and uh, fight someone local local in California. I think that would be a great fight.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I agree. That's that would actually be a really good fight. Um, I I kind of get the feeling Diaz will take a couple of tune-ups. Our confidence builders before he, he, you know, steps in there with someone like Valdez or or anyone else, you know, on that on that short list. But uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see when he does, and I'll, I'll be watching because you know the guy definitely brings brings the fight when he gets in there. So um, we'll have to wait and see on that one as well. And uh, now before we move on to the next fight, uh, Michael, I want to remind our listeners that they can call in and talk to us at six five seven three eight three zero three nine one uh they can also tweet their questions and comments to either me at at split the boxing or at you at m shep 10 Uh, now with that said uh i want to move on and keep the show rolling along um uh, earlier in the day yesterday a showtime had broadcast on their youtube channel um and on facebook the lee selby versus josh warrington fight uh which happened over uh in your home country. And that was a 12 rounder for Selby's IBF featherweight title. Uh, now in that fight, uh, Josh Warrington actually upsets Lee Selby, uh, earning a 12 or winning a 12 round decision and becomes the new IBF featherweight champion of the world. Um, were you surprised by, by Warrington's performance, Michael, or did this kind of go as planned for you?
1: No, I was surprised. I, I thought Lee Selby, uh, was going to be too technical. I thought he's going to be too quick. Uh, for Josh Warrington, because Josh Warrington really was kind of even when he started boxing himself, he he said he you know his dream was just to become like a British champion something like that. He didn't dream about ever really getting up to the to the world stage. So I thought it was going to be too big um, an obstacle for Josh Warrington, but he came out from the first bell and was throwing and he he put a lot of energy, a lot of courage into the fight. Being a smaller man, you could see he was just getting in close and just really just roughing Selby up. Um, yeah. I I know I know that Selby obviously in past fights has had trouble making weight and I don't know whether it was just Warrington took over the fight or the cuts or something like that, but Selby was just didn't look uh his normal self. So whether it was making weight or whether it was just Warrington was that good on the day, it was kind of hard to tell.
0: Yeah, I I'm with you, man. Uh again, I I was expecting Lee Selby to win this one by decision, but uh you're right, Warrington just came out with you know, he came out on kind of on fire and really stuck it to Selby uh, throughout the fight. Uh, Selby uh, definitely had his moments, but uh, you know, I, I guess I guess uh, you know, fights like this are are good for the sport um, because it kind of upsets the apple cart and shakes things up a bit. Um, now, I wasn't prior to this fight, Michael. I wasn't super. Uh, super Oh, I did I wasn't super familiar with Josh Warrington. Um I did some homework on him before the fight and I did some additional homework this morning in preparation for this show today. Um but I I gotta tell you and I gotta be honest, I you know, I don't know what what, what happened with Selby, like you said, maybe there's a problem with weight or something else going on. Um but I don't see a super high ceiling for, for uh Josh Warrington. Uh would you agree or disagree with that?
1: Uh, I would agree with that, but I was wrong last time. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I, to me, when I, when I used to watch him, I thought he was more of a British level fighter, maybe a European. Sure. I didn't think he had the style to step up, but I don't know. He's, he took that step up to the world level and took took um, took Selby apart. So yeah, um, it, it'd be good to see. I mean, he's tipped to fight uh, Carl Frampton. In I think is it August September time in uh, mm-hmm. in Ireland. So that would be a good fight. Both similar kind of styles, more of your shorter ferocious uh, flurries, uh, sustained right. pressure. So that would be that would be a good fight if that goes ahead. And then obviously, I mean, depending on how it does with Frampton, I kind of will see from there whether he's more world level.
0: Yeah. No. I th- I think yeah. If, if Josh Warrington is has got a ceiling higher than I think he does. It'll definitely, we'll definitely f- uh, find out, you know, when he, if, and when he fights, uh, uh, Carl Frampton. Um, but if that, if that fight does go down, I, I tend to think Frampton probably takes that, uh, by decision. Um, but I, th- but I think, I definitely think Warrington has the, has the heart and determination to, you know, the warrior spirit, so to speak, to, to make a good fight of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you think Lee Selby does next?
1: Uh, I believe he's going to step up in weight. I think uh, he came back and said that the weight cut wasn't great. Um, you know, he struggled over the last few years at making that weight because he was a big, he was a big featherweight. Sure. So he'll probably take some time off and then I imagine adjust his body and come back. Probably have a, a few, a few lesser known names just to get used to the new weight division and then come back at world level. He's a skilled fighter. I imagine he'll he'll,
0: yep.
1: he'll do well at the weight above. He's only 31 years old. Um, he's never been knocked out, so it's not as if that's going to. Uh, he's had a lot of hard fights that he's taken right. a lot of damage from. You know, like someone like Amir Khan, when he loses, he loses <laughs> styles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so but he, I think he's a good fighter. He, he 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 travels over here to California a lot, and he was actually at Maywood uh, gym, and that's where he did a lot of his sparring. So. Okay. Uh, he's a worldly fighter. He's got different skills. He likes to come out to California and different places in America to pick up different styles, which I thought was just one of the reasons he always did well in Britain, because he, you know, he immersed himself in different types of uh, different types of fighting. You know, that the Mexican style, the American style, and then he obviously had the British style being brought up over there. Right. So, I, I, right. I come back, I could see him maybe having been a two-weight world champion, just depending on what, on who he fights, what which route he takes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably the, probably end up what ha, what what. Uh, sorry, what will happen with Lee Selby? Uh, I definitely think he, he takes a couple of of, of uh, tune ups or confidence builders after this one. Uh, but he'll he'll be he'll be back. Uh, I would say he's got another two or three good years left before he you know really starts to slide because those those little guys tend to age a lot faster and and and. Sharper than do, than do the bigger guys. Um, now, with that said, Michael, um, those were really the only two or three fights of note yesterday. Uh, so we'll jump into the fight preview. And again, if you want to call in, uh, you can do so anytime because today's likely going to be a short show um, just because there's not a lot happening in the sport uh over the next week or so. Uh again, that number is six five seven three eight three zero three nine one. Uh now with that we'll roll right into the fight preview. Uh and Michael, we'll start with uh the Yerwin on kahas, uh On versus uh uh I think it's Jonas Sultan uh which is a twelve rounder for On IBF uh super flyweight or junior bantamweight title. Um who do you have winning this one and why? Uh
1: I think I'd have to go with Ancajas. I just think he's a he's a real talent. They always keep dubbing him the uh the next uh, the next Manny Pacquiao. Uh,
0: yeah. I think
1: be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah, I mean how many people every, <laughs> everyone who comes out of the Philippines is the next Pacquiao. Um, sure. But he's a he seems like a, a legit uh contender for uh, for the world titles. I think it looks like it should should really be a great fight. Um I look forward to I look forward to watching it. I think Ankahaz will take it by, I think by stoppage in in the middle rounds.
0: Oh um, wow, okay.
1: <laughs> I think. so I, I just think he, he just looks so good every time he puts him in with somebody. He just seems to be that level above. It's hard to yeah. kind, of, kind of tell at the minute where his where his ceiling's going to be. Every time he steps up to the challenge, he just seems to be so quick. I love his combinations. He actually does kind of fight like Pacquiao, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it should, it should be a great fight.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting fight. Um I don't know how great it will be or if it'll reach that level, but um I I spent about 20 minutes watching Jonas Sultan online this morning. Uh, guy, one of those little guys that he reminds speaking of Manny Pacquiao, he reminds me a lot of Manny Pacquiao uh in the way he moves and the way he holds his hand, holds his hands. Uh he bounces a lot on his feet you know, expands a lot of energy doing that, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I think, uh, Yerwin Ancahas is going to win this fight as well. Um, uh, but I see it going the distance. Um, I think mm may, it's hard to say. I think he might put Sultan down on the canvas. Um, but I don't think Ancahas punches all that hard. Um, like you said, he rises to the occasion regardless of who they throw him in there with, but, um you gotta remember michael and and you know for our listeners too that uh Anka Haas was given an opportunity to participate in i think it was Superfly two uh and he declined um or his people declined that offer um and instead he's kind of he's kind of taken what 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 at least i would consider the path of least resistance or of less resistance i should say um I don't know. I don't know what this fight against Sultan does for Anka um, You know, he's a major title holder in the super flyweight division. Um, and with, you know, Superfly three coming, it's one of those things where I wish, you know, I wish he was involved in that or going to be involved in that. Um, just because I like to see, um, you know, weight classes or divisions uh, um, consolidated and unified. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't participate last time, and I don't think he will again this year either. Um, what? A lot of people, Michael, have called you on the weakest of the the Superfly or, or the junior bantamweight title holders. Uh, would you agree with that? And and uh, where do you think he goes? I mean, what, after this fight, what's what's the ultimate goal here for this guy?
1: I'm hoping that he fight he 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 wins this fight and then. He kind of steps up, and we kind of get a a unification of uh, titles in that division. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether or not they'll do that, I'm unsure. (laughs) I think the thing is about him is he's young enough; he's only 26, so he can he can afford to take a few losses and and bounce back. Uh, Maybe even move up to a different weight, Um, because obviously you've got Inoa Estrada, uh, Yafai. Chocolatito, mm-hmm. all of that That weight. Uh, I think they're all actually older than him. So he, yeah. he's he's got age on his side. Chocolatito, I'm not too sure whether he's going to have many fights left in him. I it depends how he does in his next one. Cause he's, I mean, he was viciously knocked out last time when there was talk of him actually retiring then because he's had such a good good career. Right. So I think not, not really answering the question, but I suppose time will tell where he's going to go. It just depends, you know, what he wants and what his what his promoters one. but I'd like to see him, uh, in Superfly 3 this oh, year, yeah. if, they can, if they can match him up against anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, like I said, he, he missed the opportunity to participate or he turned it down, uh, last time, but you know, with that uh, allegedly a rumor, you know, it's rumored to be happening on September 8th of this year, um, which I'll be there for, by the way, um, uh, and I'll probably be ringside um but yeah I would love to see Year-win on Onkos um participate in that you know it's kind of a Tom Lawler's kind of got this this mini like kind of you know casual or laid back tournament kind of happening with with the, the super flyweights which is really awesome um if I'm if I'm Year-win on Kahas promoter or or his management team um and I believe that he's got the goods you know then I would definitely encourage him to participate in that in that event uh, or, you know, any, any other superfly events that might, you know, uh, happen after this next one. But, uh, I mean, the exposure alone, especially if he wins is, is huge, but, uh, I tend to agree with a lot of the people, Michael, that say he's, he's probably the, you know, the weak link in that chain of uh, champions at, at uh, super flyweight. Um, but I don't think he's any, you know, he's a slouch of a fighter. Um, I think he's a problem for anybody that they, you know, put him in there with. Um, now with that uh, said, uh let's move on to the uh and I'm going to butcher this name. The other fight happening next week um that's uh Khalid Yafai, did I say that right?
1: Khalid Yafai? Mhm.
0: Yeah, Khalid Yafai. I, I can ne- I always mispronounce that. Uh versus David Ka- uh, Carmarona. Uh that's a 12-rounder for Yafai's WBA Junior Bantamweight title. Um now I got to be honest with you Michael, I could care less about this fight. Um <laughs> When I was doing my research this morning on David uh, Carmarona, uh, I noticed, the first thing I noticed on Rec is that he's two and three in his last five fights, and I, I think that kind of tells the story of this fight a bit, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a gimme, a bit of a, uh, just yeah. a, bit of a, a practice uh, fight for Cali Fire just to get him out there. Uh, sure. But... I think it's probably more of a bit of exposure for the matchroom room boxing over here for Cal for Cali Fai. I think get him out, get the Americans so they can see him, and then maybe throw him in with more of a bigger name uh, later in the year. Right. So yeah, that's I don't... that's, that's why I, I think it could be. Um, mm-hmm. I think Cali obviously is, is going to win. Uh, I don't <laughs> see it going the distance either.
0: No, I don't either. I just yeah, I kind of agree with, I I I tend to agree with you on this as well. Um I think it's just kind of a a a showcase to to get your name out there for for you know Eddie Hearn's uh, US branch of Matchroom and um I mean David Car uh, Carmorona is the perfect guy to do that against. I mean he's definitely an opponent uh you know at, at least at this level. Um so I'm sure your five will will probably end up with a stoppage. Uh, It'll make everybody look real good in the process. Um, Now, there was one other fight, uh, Michael, that I wanted to cover before we end the show really early today, Uh, and that's the uh, uh, Jamie McDonald versus, uh, I can never say his name either, Naoya Inoue, Uh, and that's happening on Friday rather than Saturday. Um, I think uh, this is a bit of a showcase for uh, Inoue, are in a way. Um, I think he's going to stop McDonald somewhere around rounds five, maybe six, um, and then I think he enters the uh, the bantamweight tournament that's happening within the World Boxing Super Series this fall. Um, how do you see this one playing out, man?
1: Uh, just because I'm British, I'll go. I'll go the other way. I'll go for McDonald's <laughs> just to make it in- just to make it interesting. Okay. I think uh, <laughs> I think McDonald's got a. Uh, a lot of guts, really, for going over to Japan to fight Inoue, who's obviously regarded as one of the top young boxers in the world at the minute. Sure. Um, McDonald's another one of those guys, kind of similar to, uh, uh, as we were saying about Ankeas, who every time he kind of steps up, I actually think he does pretty well. Um, McDonald is, 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 a, is a pressure fighter, and he's also huge for that for that division. Um Right. I think he should, he should have a height advantage, and he also have a, I imagine, a reach advantage. I haven't checked, but I think he should do since he's big for that for that division. Right. Um, he's a tough fighter to, to to fight against. He's got a good work rate, and he's stopped uh, four of his last eight. So I think mcdonald has got a he's got a, a small chance. He's the underdog going in. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go for him in this fight just to make it interesting, I guess.
0: <laughs> just to be contrarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh I I th- I think McDonald's a decent enough fighter but um Anuway's you know on a whole another level or even two or three above where McDonald's at. Um and I agree he's he's definitely a pressure fighter with a high work rate. Um but I tend to think especially after watching it both guys on YouTube this morning it's kind of a refresher I think that kind of plays into Anuway's hands or Anuway's hands. Um I don't think McDonald's tailor-made for Inoue, but I, I definitely think uh, his style might, might, you know, he might be his own worst enemy in this fight. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely he does rise to the occasion when he's, you know, no matter who he's in there with. Um, I just think Inoue is going to be a little too skilled and a little too powerful for him. Um, now, with that said, um, I really didn't have any news and notes to cover this week. Um, was there anything else you wanted to go over? Or did you just want to call it an early day?
1: So, things, anything, anything going on at the minute in the the boxing world? It's kind of quite no. a few weeks coming up?
0: Yeah. The, oh, well, the one thing I, I kind of wanted to touch on uh, just to kind of be a little silly with things was uh, uh, Tyson Fury's opponent got announced, what was that, yesterday, Michael? And it was uh, the guy's a, a career cruiserweight who's kind of dabbled in the heavyweight division and... Uh, I don't want to make too much of it because it's it's you know, given uh, Fury's Fury's problems outside of the ring and his long layoff. I mean, we didn't none, none of us expected him to come in against someone like Dillian White or anything like that. But you know, or on that level. But uh, what do you? What, I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you make of of, of his opponent, or, or were you even aware that he had an opponent?
1: Yeah, I, I saw uh, on, online that he's facing. Uh... An Albanian, is it? It's Sefri or something like that? Se- yeah, His um,
0: name's like Sepper Sefri or something. Yeah, similar to that.
1: I, I it's actually, a bit of a... Well, on paper, it's a better opponent than I thought. I actually thought I expected him to come in facing somebody uh, like, a, like a cab driver, something like that, just to get back out, just to get back in the ring, get back under the lights, get back under the pressure because it's not like a normal comeback. You've got the, the heavyweight the lineal undisputed heavyweight champion coming back in. So it's a big name. Like everyone's kind of, it's going to be under a lot of pressure and all the eyes are going to be on him. So it's actually right. better. Opponent
0: than I thought. Yeah. Well, I was expecting him to fight someone on the level of like Shannon Briggs, somebody really, really way past his best, you know, it was kind of a no hoper. Um, I'm looking at the guy right now. His name is Nuri Seferi. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's, uh, he's pushing 42 years old and he fights out of uh Macedonia or he's from Macedonia uh, and he's a career cruiserweight like i said who's kind of dabbled in the heavyweight division at times um i don't know i guess it's, i guess he's a perfect opponent for for you know someone like Fury who's coming back from all of the issues that he's been uh are dealt with um but uh yeah i, I don't know uh, i don't like i said i don't want to make too much of it or spend too much time on it because I'm not really interested in Tyson Fury the way some other people are, at least until he's, you know, fighting top five, top ten level guys in the division. Uh, But that's probably a couple of years down the road. Um, Now, with that said, I don't really have anything else. So are you okay with calling calling it a day early? Okay. Well, then let's do that. Uh, Michael and I, uh, and hopefully Victor, will be back with us next week um, to talk about uh, next week's action and preview the following week. Uh, If there's anything of note uh, to talk about then. Um, And in the meantime, if you like what you heard today, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash split the boxing. Excuse me. You can also follow me on Twitter at, at SplitD Boxing, uh, Michael Shepard at, at, at MShep10. Uh, you can also visit the SplitDBoxing.com website. And if you are so inclined to do so, uh, you can support the larger SplitDBoxing Network on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SplitDBoxing. So for Michael Shepard, I am your host, Scott Jarvis, and this has been episode 23 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. See you guys next week.